Thank you, Reuben. Yes, uh, Reuben was saying this is a big Sunday. Look at all the stuff out there. It's going to be a great thing. I, you know, I have something up here, and I, 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 I know what this is. And uh, um, <laughs> you guys are sick. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, last Sunday, I said something about um, that I needed a yellow Lamborghini. Um, and uh, here's this card. It says, you ask, I answered. Make it bigger, Lord. <laughs> okay, anyway, you guys. Now, don't, don't you know, if I was driving around in this, a real one, if I was driving around in this, I have problems. But uh, don't you think that people would come up to me and see me in this and say, what must I do to be saved? <laughs> yeah. God doesn't believe it either. <laughs> anyway, that's my, uh, that's my uh, fleshly desire. And, uh, but isn't that cool, though? Isn't, look at that. Isn't that just a cool-looking car? Doug, you think so, don't you, Doug? Yeah, yeah. Doug appreciates it. Anyway, um, so I, I, I know who did it. <laughs> and... Uh, Irene and yeah. Yeah. Sylvia. Is Sylvia right now? No, she's not. So you guys, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. Um, man. Okay, so big, this is Big Sunday, and that's a little car. Well, if it is your first time with us, it's good to have you here. We do hope that you feel welcome. We hope you feel, hope you feel loved. We hope you feel cared for and that it's a, um, a, just a good place to encounter the, the, the living Christ. But uh, may God bless you all. And um, later on as we receive the offering, if it's your first time with us, if you would just complete that uh, connection card on the, ba- on, on the um, bulletin and drop it in the basket. I want to send you a little gift this week just to say it's nice to have you here. I'm, I'm glad you're here. And we want you to know that we are glad that you're here. We prayed that God would send you here, and we're very glad uh, that, that, that you really are here. Well, today I'm going to be talking with you um, coming out of Ephesians in chapter 4. Um, you know, first of all, I, I want to say thanks to all of you who, who serve in the church. I mean, I mean, there's so much that this church does. Uh, this church basically, um, you know, is a, uh, a church full of servants. And I, I want to say thank you for that. Uh, I want to say thanks to everybody that uh, showed up earlier today, this morning, and set up all the stuff out here just to make it happen and to make it this, this emphasis on, on are you plugged in. Uh, are you plugged into the church? Are you plugged into the Lord? Are you plugged into his, his call in your life? And so we're going to be talking about that today. But thanks so much to all of you who did so much work. It, was, it really is a lot of work. And uh, 
It's the kind of work that goes on every Sunday morning around here, uh, Sunday evenings, uh, throughout the week, whether it's on Wednesday nights, if it's home groups, if it's ministries of, for, the, for the food bank or for just any outside. There's so much work and passion that goes into everything that, that our church family does. And, and I want to, as your pastor, I really want to say thank you for your heart of service, and I want to encourage you in it. Um, today, as, as we're focusing on Ephesians in chapter 4, um, I, I, I believe uh, that it has some very, very good instructions for us, a, a church, to follow. And if we follow uh, these instructions, we will be prepared as a church for what is going to be happening in the future. You know, September is sort of like a, uh, a, a, the beginning of, of, a, of a year. It's the beginning of the school year, and quite often as a church, we tend to follow the pattern of the school year. I mean, back when, back when I was a kid and school started in September, not in August, <laughs> August is for summer. I mean, August is for swimming, not for learning. <laughs> uh, and all the teachers said <laughs> but uh, but but we, as, we, as we follow this and there's there's just some some things i want to i'm going to use three analogies today and i don't want to get my analogies too mixed up but if you'll kind of follow me through three analogies today of um of uh of how we are functioning as a um, as a team as a vehicle that carries the message of Christ and as, as a body. Those are the three analogies that we'll be using to talk about who we are and, and what we're doing and, and why we're doing it here. But as we go back to school, if you remember, uh, for those of you that can remember that far back, if you're like me, but in, in high school, that there was a, um, you know, as, as we come back to high school, there's this... Um, um, there is this, um, you know, especially for the football team, uh, there is, you know, some of the team members have moved on, some have graduated, and the coaches have to start up with a, a new team. Maybe there's some returning players, but usually the star players, the seniors, have, have moved on. Uh, something different has gone on in their life. And as, as, as teams are like an illustration of what the church is about, uh, we are team players. Uh, we function as a team. We come together for a common purpose. Um, you know, a, a team, I mean, I know, I know all of the other nice little sayings that, you know, you, know, you come to play the game, to enjoy the game, and to, to get the exercise and for competition. You know, that's a bunch of malarkey. You come together as a team to win. <laughs> you know, that's why teams are there to win. You know, uh, I like the good sports thing. I, I like all that. That's good to understand that. But bottom line too is when you're there to compete, you want to win. And the Bible talks about that, that, that as the body, you know, that we all compete, but we're, we're supposed to be winners. We're supposed to come out to, to win. The body of Christ is we're, we're here to win. We're not here to come in second place. We're not here to be good sports. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, we should be good sports, um, as long as it doesn't stop us from winning. Um, <laughs> but, but, but the idea is, is the team comes together for the purpose of, of, of accomplishing a task. 
And we are here as a church team to, to, to grow together in our love for Jesus Christ. And very honestly, that's winning. That's winning. As, as the church grows, as the church matures, as, and as we, as we have a, a love for, for what God has called us to do, then we are going to be winning people for Jesus Christ. And I mean that little play on words, we will, both ways. We will be winning people uh, for Jesus Christ, be winning people to Jesus Christ as well. And so last week, as I, I talked about, the, about vision, the importance of plugging into the vision, and the reason that our church is here is to, is to be light in a dark place. We are here to proclaim the virgin birth and the deity of Christ, and to do it in a, on, in a non-compromising and in a, in a very strong, definite way. We are here as a church family to, 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 to worship. We've, we talk about, you know, our five purposes inside of our church of, you know, of worship and evangelism and discipleship, of fellowship and ministry. And these are the, this is why we are here. And our, our effectiveness on doing ministry depends on, on, on four major things. And first of all, it's being faithful. Am I faithful? God is looking for faithful people. The second thing is that it's called us to be available. God has called us to, to be available people uh, to, his, to his calling. The third thing is called us to be teachable, to be in a place of growing, to be disciples who are growing in the things that God has called us to. And then, and then in that, that fourth thing, he's called us to, to commitment. Commitment is what holds us together. Uh, any team that has to be based on commitment. There's going to be times when there's going to be friction on any team. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be difference of opinions. But what holds it all together is the commitment to the common vision and the common goal. And so this morning, I, I, want, I, want, I really want you to know that my purpose for speaking to you today from Ephesians 4 is that as a congregation, that number one, that we will recommit to Christ. That's number one. I want my heart is to get you for a fresh new recommitment to Christ. You're committed to him. That's uh, what I say to you quite often. Look where you are right now. You're in church. You're here because there's a commitment that you have. The second thing is, is that um, I want to prompt you towards a recommitment to his church, to, to his church, to, to this church in particular. I believe in this church. I have invested my, my life, um, and I'm going to say it this way, I've invested my time, my energy, and my money in this church. I believe in this church. I believe this is a good place for you to invest your, your life, your time, your energy, and your money. I believe that this is a, a very, very healthy place for you to invest for eternity. Jesus Christ himself said that we are to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. And I want to encourage you to, to, to do that in, in some of the things we'll be talking about today and the possibilities of how you can do it. And the third thing is a recommitment to the work of Christ in this world. That you're not just here to attend church, but you're also here to, to be the church to impact the world. If you're going to go to this church, you're going to always be bombarded by me talking about the importance of getting the gospel outside of the four walls. Whether it, no matter where it is, if it is, if it is in our parking lot, if it is in your neighborhood in a home group, if it, and uh, you, you all know 
I sound like Reuben, y'all. Um, uh, okay, you all know that if I have a chance, I'll drag you to Africa with me. Give me half a chance, I'll take you. You know, just, you know, um, you know if you want to go, you know, we'll go. I'll, I'll give you a taste of, of world missions that, 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 will, that will change your life, that will cause a, a new vision, a new view that will be absolutely astounding. And so it's that recommitment to the work of Christ in, in this world and being involved in advancing it this way. And so as, as we're starting... This, this, this school year, and as we're looking at chapter uh, four of Ephesians, there's an outline of a strategy of how the local church family, the local church body, the local church team uh, gets involved in growing and building itself up in the love of Christ. Can you, can you imagine what it would be like to, if you were alive 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem and had a donkey? Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Yeah, I think about that all the time, Larry. You know, you think about Lamborghinis, I think about donkeys, you know. Uh, what would it have been like 2,000 years ago to live in Jerusalem, to own a donkey, and to have, in, in some fashion, I'm not sure how, but in some fashion you were aware of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you heard about this man named Jesus. You knew that he was doing miracles, and maybe you were following him a little, you know, close Maybe you weren't, but you, you knew who he was. You knew about his disciples, and you're at home, um, you know, watching television. Analogy breaks down there, doesn't it? Uh, but you're at home watching television with, your, with a donkey sitting next to you. Somebody knocks on the door and says, uh, your donkey, the master has need of it. The master needs your donkey. We, we know, we, we know that whoever that person was, whoever the person was that owned that donkey, we know that, that, that there was, yeah, take the donkey, take it. Because we know that the Bible says that Jesus' triumphal entry was, was, was on, on a donkey. It wasn't on, a, it wasn't on an Arabian uh, stallion, you know, sparking up the roads, you know, but it was, it was on a humble donkey. You know, what I want you to know is that Jesus still asks that same question. The same question is still there. Will you, will you use what you have to serve the master, to deliver the message of the gospel? Will you use that, that, that donkey? I'm not saying that you're a donkey, uh, but what I am saying is, is that the church, the church, the body of Christ, the local church is the vehicle that God says, I have need of this. I want the local church to deliver the message of hope and the message of promise to a lost and dying world. The church is like, you know, he's God. God could have chosen anything. Now God, I don't know how he would have done it, but God could have chosen clouds to be, to be the vehicle. He could have, he's God. He, he could have chosen Lamborghinis. But he didn't. Uh, he could have chosen. He could have chosen nature itself. Nature speaks of God, but it doesn't have the message that the church is to have. The church is to have a message that 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 brings hope to a lost and dying world. And that's why today I want to to speak to you about the church. 
And I, I want to speak to you unashamedly, and I want to, to challenge you today to an even higher view of the local church, of the importance of this church family, this church team existing and being alive and flowing and do what, what God has called it to do. I want to encourage you to a, to a, a bold declaration of, of faithfulness and of commitment to, to, to the church, to this local body. Scripture tells us that through the local body of, of Christ, that this is where, where life really functions. You know, people can argue with you. I've said this numbers of times, but they can argue with you about, they can say Jesus was not, is not deity. They can argue with you and tell you that they, they saw on the History Channel, so it's got to be true. Um, they, you know, they can, they can argue about everything. No, that's not true. The Bible is, is a bunch of malarkey. It was written by, 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 by hundreds of people over, over hundreds and hundreds of years. And you said, yeah, isn't that the miracle of it, how much it agrees? You know, just the message has been... And they, they can argue with you about it, but they cannot tell you that you don't have peace. They cannot tell you that you have been delivered from drugs if you've been delivered from drugs. They cannot tell you that, that, that you have a reason to live because your testimony is that vehicle that God wants to use to say, I have peace. I'm in a place with God. I know what, I know what my life is all about. And so today, as we're talking about that commitment the commitment of being faithful and obedient, loving people to the Lord who are committed to the mission of the local church. And I'm going to say committed to the vision of this local church in serving Christ and finding the greatest potential and the greatest impact of your life. Investing your life, your time, your energy, and your money in something that makes a huge difference on the face of the world. As we stand before God, someday he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. And the importance of finding your spiritual gifts, finding those things that God has given you that may be natural to you, but more than likely are maybe something that's unnatural. There's a difference between being a talented teacher and a gifted teacher. I'm talking about not just a good teacher. I'm talking about spiritually gifted teacher. I've seen numbers of people in the body of Christ who are talented teachers. They're, 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 they're talented. They're, 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 they're really good teachers. I'm going I'm to blow your minds, and this is gonna, you're going to be offended here real quick, so just, just hang on a second. But a really good teacher was Adolf Hitler. He taught, and people believed it was a lie, it was based on hate. It was based on, you know, on the, the vapors of hell. But, but the fact is, he was successful. He did a good job of doing what, what, he was, what he was there to do. But it wasn't, the gift, it wasn't from the, the spiritual gift of teaching. He was just a talent that he had. There's a difference between a talent and a supernatural gift. I, and as we're going through some of the, the areas of gifts today and we'll be doing it as, as time goes along and encouraging you, if you haven't gone through some of our classes here in the church in our 101 class, 201 and 301, of encouraging you to do that and finding in the, in the 301 class your gifting, 
and, and, and using your, your spiritual gifts. This is what God's put inside of me. When I'm in a good place with God, what do I want to do? What do I see that God is calling me to do? And so in, in Ephesians in chapter 4, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the Bible is giving us the strategy to, to make God's dream happen right here on, on, in, inside of our church family. We're going to be doing something today, and, I, and don't, don't panic when I have you do this. I'm, I'm not going to have you turn around to the person behind you and look in their eyes and sing, I love you in the love of the Lord. That's, uh, but what we're going to, I'm going to have you all stand. I'd like to have you all stand. We're all going to stand. And we're going to read Ephesians chapter, chapter 4 together. The first thing we're going to do, the first section, I'm going to have the men read it. The second part, uh, the men are going to read 1 through 3. The, 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 the second part, uh, the women are going to read four through six. The third part, I'm going to read seven through ten. And then the last part, uh, we, we will read together. But um, what, I, what I want to, you know, in the first service, the women got so excited about it, they read my part. Um, and, and I was, well, that's, that's good. They did a good job of doing it, better than I would have done it. But um, so we're going, to be, we're, going to, we're going to read. So men, uh, started off reading uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. As a prisoner... Okay, okay. now then, ladies, I'm going to ask you to read um, up to the, um, the end of this slide. the next slide but to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it this is why it says that when he ascended on high he took many captives and gave gifts to his people what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all of the heavens in order to fill the whole universe okay, now then we're all going to read this last part together now it was he who gave some to be apostles some to be prophets some to be evangelists and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for the work of the service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, what I want you to, to grasp is that this... I, I'm having you stand for a purpose, don't, you know... Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not forgetting to have you sit down, okay? Um, but understand this. He said, this is that he gave he, his gift to the church 
was gifted people. And you're just going to have to do business with the fact that you are a gift to the church. In your uniqueness, in your, in your special person that you are, in that good place with God, as you are functioning in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, whatever they may be, that God says, I want to give the church a present. I want to give them a good gift. And you are it. You are it. God only gives good gifts. And to his church, he gave gifted people. And as you understand that about yourself, it's no longer the idea of, you know, I just want to, I want to go to church on a Sunday and, and observe. But instead, it's, I want to be the church. I want to be the church. And so see yourself as, as a gift to those around you. Because as you are taking up your part and doing your part, you're serving your brothers and your sisters. You're serving your neighborhood, the people around you. You're serving the cause of Christ and, and the cause of, of reaching to a lost and dying world. And this is what God wants us to understand out of Ephesians in chapter 4. And it goes on to say that, you know, that we are to build up each other, that we are to, to speak the truth in love, that we are to, to, to strive for unity in the knowledge of the Son of God. And when that happens, that we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and, and by the cunning and the craftiness of men and their deceitful schemes. But as we are speaking that truth and love to each other, God is going to bless. You are to be a blessing to your church. May God bless you. You may be seated. My goal is to commission you to step out and to boldly um, become all that, that God has, has called you to be using those gifts and those talents. You know, in this passage, the Bible is very clear that this all happens because Christ made it possible. That through Christ, got a problem with the door back there. Okay, that through Christ, all of this is made possible for us to be adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God. But also with this gratitude that comes, I've, I've been saved. We, we can do nothing to earn our salvation. You can serve all day long in the church. You can serve the homeless. You can give food out. You can, but until you accept Christ, it's just work. But what happens is when you accept Christ, you are fascinated by his love for you. There's going to come a natural healthiness to, to want to serve, to want to give. There will come that natural thing of, I, I, I get to do it. What an honor I have been blessed with to get to serve, to get to, to invest in, 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 in the, the, the kingdom of God and the advancement of the kingdom of God. And when we, when we read this, this particular passage, there has to be an overflow of gratitude towards God for what he has done. You know, God has a plan for your life. 
He has a plan for you to feel fulfilled, to be fulfilled in life. I, I can't imagine. I, I can somewhat imagine because I have friends that are committed to it. But what it would be like to get up every morning and know that the only reason I'm getting out of bed is just to, is to make more money, to go to, go to work and to do something to, to create and not know that my, my life today is ordained of the Lord. I've got a purpose for every breath that I take. I've got a reason for, for breathing. And it's not to make me feel good, it's not to fascinate me, but it's to invest my life in something that is eternal. And again, as Jesus said, to store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Not to win your salvation. Not to win your salvation. Not to win your salvation. Because that's a free gift of God. But to, to serve and to say, there's a reason. I belong to the family, the family business. And so from Christ comes, comes all these incredible things. From Christ comes the, 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 the heart. The analogy of, of being a team of when, when, when the team comes back together and some of the team members have graduated and gone on to different things, all of a sudden we realize that, as a matter of fact, there's, there's got to be somebody coming in to fill those positions. And even in, in, in the church family, there's always places where people are, are moving on. There's places where somebody inside the church family, has, they have uh, fulfilled their part at that time. They have raised somebody up. It is something that we are encouraging, that we are doing. And when you come to the church family meeting tonight, you'll, I hope you'll understand more and you will walk away more with the idea of that a part of our job inside of the church family is to, to raise up somebody along with us so that they will be able to do the ministry that as God moves me to a different place, advances me to the place that there's somebody there to take my place. And so uh, apart from, from, from that, that analogy of knowing that, that there's a team that we're to be a part of, what God also wants us to understand is that, as a matter of fact, any team player, anybody that's a team player, I, I've coached teams where, where kids were there that they didn't really want to be there. They didn't really want to play. Um, it's just like, I don't want to do this. But, but what you really like is, is they, put me in, coach, put me in, let me play, let me play, coach, let me play. And, and, and God wants all of us to be that way. Let me play, coach. Let me play. Let me play. As, as a pastor, my, my goal is to have always, let me play, let me play, let me play. The church is more like ASO than anything. Everybody plays, you know. Um, this is for everybody. The, the gifts and the callings of Christ are for everybody. Not everybody's the same. There's multiple gifts and callings from the Lord. And what is your unique gift and your, your, your unique calling? What has God spoken to you about? And, and what is that place that you see God blessing in your life? Well, I want to be an evangelist like Billy Graham. Well, uh, okay. Uh, but if God hasn't given you that unique uh, place to do it, then be the evangelist that God wants you to be, not the one that you think that is, is in your idea, is, is a major success. What has God called you to be? And how has God uniquely created you and gifted you and caused you to, to want to, to be a part of the team? His body, we are, we are to be building up his body. We are to be encouraging one another as we come together as a team, as we come together as that vehicle, as we come together to, to, to 
advance the kingdom of God, the importance of, as Paul says here in Ephesians, to speak the truth in love and to realize that my purpose is to encourage the body not to be fault-finding, not to say you, you did it wrong, but it is to encourage and to bless and to strengthen those that are around me. It is when somebody is saying, Coach, I want to get in the game, that we are making that place for somebody to get in the game and that we are encouraging them to stretch out. And sometimes, you know, well, some people say, well, you know what, I, I'm afraid to do it. I'm afraid I'll fall flat on my face and I'll be embarrassed. I'm afraid to, I'm afraid to do it. You know, I want you to know that the body of Christ all down through history has stumbled forward. It's okay. It's okay to stumble forward. It's not okay to stumble, fall, fall fat on your face and just lay there and feel sorry for yourself. It's important that we, that we learn as we are going. It's important that we depend on God to, to help us to become better at, at the way that we are serving. And my encouragement to each one of you is that place that God has you in your life, that uniqueness of what God has called you to do. Are you finding it? Are you willing to step out? Are you willing to take risks? Are you willing to start serving first? Are you willing to begin to, to, to find what you are good at and then say, God, is this the spiritual gifting inside of me? God, I, I, I want to do it, but I need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit alive inside of me to equip me to do the work of the service of the gospel. This passage in Ephesians, the Bible says that he gave some pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, teachers to, to, to equip the saints. My job as a pastor is not to do all the work in the church. My job as a pastor is not to drag out all the tables, to get all the easy ups, set them all up, um, and then to be tired and worn out from that and to come in and to preach and then to... My, my, my job as a pastor is to equip each one of you to do what God has called you to do. My job as a pastor is, is, to, is, is to be the one that is saying, there's a place of possibility of ministry here. Would you go do it? Is this what God is calling you to do? Find that place that God is calling you to be. And out of it, this is the reason for all of these tents and tables out here is a place for you to go and to, to find that place, that booklet that you received as you came in that has all of the, the ministries in it. Take that home with you. Look at it. Read it. Talk to the people out here. Find out where God wants you to be serving. God doesn't want you to come and to sit in the bleachers and watch. I think it was Vince Lombardi. I'm not sure. Um, but... One of our, one of the football coaches, some, uh, a news reporter asked him, you know, looking at, you know, that what football was doing was just, you know, getting young men healthy and causing them to to run and to get into good shape. And he says, he says, you know, coach, what, what, what impact has has football made to to healthy America? And uh, and he says, you know. He says, it hasn't made us healthy, it's made us worse. He says, we have 11 people in the field playing, and we have 100,000 people sitting in the bleachers, drinking beer, and eating hot dogs. Church, the body of Christ, is not an observation sport. If you're coming to church on Sunday just to watch, you've got it all wrong. God's called you to be actively involved in advancing the kingdom of God. You have been uniquely created 
to do something for his kingdom. And God has spirit, spe, special spiritual gifts for each one of you. You can discover those in our 301 class, how God has made you and what God wants you to do. I'm going to ask the worship band to come to the front. And as they're coming, I'm going to ask the ushers to come to the front also. But the Bible says in Ephesians in chapter 16, it says that from him the whole body is joined together and held by every supporting ligament and grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And it's vital, it's important that each part does its work. That you know that place that God has called you and you're actively involved in being a part of the body. Not observing, not coming and watching somebody else do it, but being involved. Well, I, I don't know exactly what God wants me to do. This is the place you begin to try, you begin to work, you begin to get involved. There's nothing that builds the team any better than, than success, than working together and working something out. Numbers of times when we do projects, whether it is the, the living nativity or if it is the, the fall into fun, if it's the setting up on the outside, there's, there's a feeling of accomplishment. There's a spiritual high five of, yeah, we did it, we did it, we did it. As I have had the, the privilege, very honestly, as we were a couple, you know, a couple months ago, we realized that you know, if we wanted to continue to do a, a part of, of, uh, in the area of feeding widows and orphans, we're going to have to be creative. And as, we, as I stepped out and as, uh, you know, as, you know, to, to create something that wasn't there, and I got the chance to work with so many of you. And it's been a, a real incredible bonding time of coming together and of working together. There's people that I would not have got to, to, to work with if it hadn't have been for a project that we were working on together. And I get to spend time, I get to, we get to talk, we get to laugh, we get to joke. We get to, to spend time together talking about the Lord, what God is doing. The idea that, you know, no, I'm not scraping a floor, I'm feeding an orphan. No, I'm not, I'm not hanging clothes right now, I'm, I'm feeding a widow. And there's something that comes when you have that sense of accomplishment. And this is what the body of Christ is about, that someday we will all stand before the Lord and give spiritual high fives. We will hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. But this is the only chance that we have to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. This is the only season that we get to trust God and live by faith. There will be no faith in heaven. It's going to be absolute, cold, hard facts. God is God. He's all-powerful. He has all-powerful. There's no chance to, to really step out in faith to serve him. It's over with. You've done it. But until then, you get a chance. You get a chance to serve. You get a chance to step out by faith. You get a chance to see God use you to do things that are unique, a unique ability that, that you can do. You get a chance. My heart as your pastor is to open up those chances for you to give you places, to give you unique places to, 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 to grow, to stretch, and to not sit in the bleachers and look down and say, somebody needs to, but to be on the field and say, thank God, I get to. We get to serve God. We get to be a part of advancing the kingdom of God. And so this morning, my, my, my goal, I unashamedly challenge you I unashamedly encourage you 
to, to be bold and step out of your comfort zone. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Well, welcome to the team. Welcome to the team. Probably nobody has, has failed more than me. Uh, and I, I mean that very seriously. I'm, yeah, but you just keep going. You just keep going. So would you stand? Oh, Father in heaven, I thank you that in your <laughs> wisdom, you gave gifts to the church of people to equip the church for the service of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, you give us these, these talents and these abilities to use them to, to grow your kingdom. And so, Father, I pray that you would encourage the church today. I pray that the presence of the Holy Spirit would sweep over everyone here. And they will realize that they have been uniquely created by you, knitted together in their mother's wombs at the same time that you have uniquely created them and given them spiritual gifts to do something special for you. Father, we want to be a church that you are proud of, a church that has bought into the idea of plugging into the body of Christ, being that vehicle that carries the message. And I pray that you would bless this offering, Father, as we really buy into your kingdom, as we invest our time and our energy and our money into saying it's about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Bless those who have discovered that secret of tithing and are reaping the benefits of being faithful. Father, for those that are in places of struggling, I pray that you would meet their needs at the same time. Encourage them to, to, to step out and to begin to, to be obedient in the areas of finances. We give you the thanks for who you are and bless the church, we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you give to the Lord this morning.